1: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Field of 68. Field of 68 till I die. You got somebody, hey Jeff, shut up. Hell no.
2: I'm sorry, man. I blacked out for a
1: second. <laughs> this is Alabama coach Nate Oates. And we're not playing. I watch Field of 68 After Dark Show. This is coach Bruce Perra. I love the Field of 68 After Dark show. This is Duke head coach John Shire. Check out Field of 68 After Dark.
2: This is Xavier head coach Sean Miller. I highly encourage you to take a look at After Dark. Now listen to you
1: guys every morning when I'm getting ready.
2: This is Field of 68 After Dark.
3: Welcome to another episode of the field of 68 before lunch. I guess today is what we're calling a good one. We have an instant reaction live stream. The biggest news of the college basketball offseason has finally mercifully landed after a month long mercifully. mercifully.
1: Now, there's no disrespect here. No, 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 no. Honor. It's
3: not disrespect it's not disrespect. The reason I say mercifully is because our dogged, tireless, always working oh, his ass off producer. I got it. Trevor right. Valise right. uh, has been on call for now 62 consecutive hours waiting for Hunter Dickinson's commitment. Yeah, it's Hunter your Dickinson's fault. You've been putting him to work. Finally here. Well, he hasn't actually done anything yet. He's just been sitting there waiting. <laughs> so, waiting. Here's the best part. I, you know Stay what? Before awake. we get to anything, Hunter Dickinson, quickly behind the scenes, Trevor Valise, our our uh, our, our tireless producer, um, has been waiting for this commitment forever. And he actually slept through the actual commitment. I had to call him to wake him <laughs> up this morning that's to get smart. him ready to go. But shout out to Trevor. He had the thumbnail ready. He had the stream ready. And within 15 minutes, he was able to get this thing up and go. And Trevor, we love you, but you know you're going to get roasted for that one. All right, Goodman, I tease it a little bit here. Hunter Dickinson, the best transfer in the transfer portal. For my money, the best transfer we've ever seen in the history of college basketball. Wow.
1: That's finally.
3: Big committed to a program he is heading to drumroll please the Kansas Jayhawks the place that both of us uh thought that he should end up going I think he's going to have a massive season at Kansas before we talk about the impact on that team just kind of walk me a little bit through like your your initial reactions to this commitment and kind of how Kansas we look at Kansas now moving forward
1: yeah I, I wasn't really surprised at all by the final result you and I weren't because uh, and I just talked to Hunter for a minute. It, it, he said it checked every box. It checked mm-hmm. every box for him. That's the one thing. And you and I looked at it and we kind of said the same thing. Now, again, 17-year-old Hunter Dickinson may not have looked at it that way. But I think by him being in college for a while, he looked at it a little bit differently. And, and not so much. And I don't know what the NIL was. I didn't ask him. I, I, you know, I don't really care. Um, but I think he looked at it of where can I? number one, have the best chance of, of of making the league, right? Where can I have the best chance of uh, playing with a great point guard? Where can I have the best chance of playing with a coach that utilizes his bigs? And to mm-hmm. me and to him, it was fairly easy, although he said it wasn't. He said, like, this was really hard with all the schools because, again, you're talking about some big boys – that are really good at this, right? Like Ed Cooley had the hardest situation at Georgetown because they've stunk. But we we know how how good of a recruiter Ed Cooley is. We know how likable Ed Cooley is. We also know how close Georgetown and Maryland are to home for Hunter Dickinson. And yeah, that that, that's, what, that's what event. I was going to
3: say. Think about the options that he had, right? Yes. He's a kid from the D.C. area. Uh, He could have gone to Maryland to play for a program that I think he has admitted. He really wanted to recruit him coming out of the Matha. He could have gone to play for Georgetown, which is the uh, one of the biggest brands in the big East and a program that is synonymous with Washington DC basketball. He could have gone to play for Kentucky, a program that just had the national player of the year that played the five for John Calipari. And he could have gone to Villanova, a place where, um, they've won two national titles and been to three final fours in the last seven college basketball seasons. So it's not like he had bad options. These are fantastic options. He's the best transfer we've ever seen. Right. So this is not an easy decision, but I do think that the you're right. The one that checks all the boxes is Kansas.
1: Yeah, no, it's, it's again, and like the biggest box I think was, was him watching tape of, of DeJuan Harris. And just saying, holy shit. Like, this dude isn't just a good passer. He's mm-hmm. an elite passer. And he's all about team. You know, obviously, Bill Self has had to implore him to shoot more for the betterment of the team. And he did that last year. But now, they're going to have weapons. You know, that that's the big thing. They're going to have major weapons. K.J. Adams can play the four now, which is his natural position. Let's face it, Nick Timberlake gives them a shooter on the wing, maybe not Grady Dick, but honestly, like percentage-wise, not that different, and he's old. You know, he's a fifth-year kid who I saw last. I've seen him play a couple times in person. And and again, he's not going to have to do a ton. Honestly, sit there and make uncontested threes. Mm -hmm. Because really, like Arterio Morris, you're going to get every uncontested three you want. Like nobody's going to guard you out there in the three-point line. Well, that's... you're going to have again, you're going to have Hunter who's going to be able to space the court because he he can jump out and he can pass it. Like you're getting a very well-rounded Hunter Dickinson now. That's the yeah. thing with Bill self. You're getting not a freshman, not an unfinished product. You're getting a, a pretty finished product as a college player. Yeah, the the thing
3: that I think is um the key for Kansas next year is going to be the perimeter shooting, right? The way that it kind of lines up, I think this is what their starting lineup will probably be. Then this is assuming that Kevin McCuller and Jalen Wilson stay in the NBA draft. Uh, Dewan Harris at the point, uh, Nicholas Timberlake and Arterio Morris on the wings. You got KJ Adams at the four and you got Hunter Dickinson at the five. Hunter is a really good shooter for a five man. And it makes it a perfect combination with him and KJ Adams, right? Nicholas Timberlake is a really good shooter. The questions are going to be KJ Adams, non-shooter, Arterio Morris, Shot 33% last year, known more as a slasher and a scorer than a shooter. And Dewan Harris, a guy that uh, that you didn't necessarily have to guard on the perimeter last season. So it's going to be that shooting. And, frankly, it's going to be the depth. They need more. They've, they've added two of the best perimeter transfers in the portal, and I think they probably still need some some help there. Now, they got some freshmen coming in that are pretty good. The Elmarco Jackson kid is uh, he's good. He's, yeah, he's good. He's good. I think part of the reason you saw some of those uh, point guards transfer out is because they knew it was kind of coming in the pipeline there. Um, but they, they need they need to figure out some depth stuff, but you can figure all that shit I mean, out, right? You can you can figure out a piece. You need the star. I mean and how much depth do they
1: need now? Like they what if they get a McKenzie and Baco? They're yeah. they're in there strong for
3: him. Strong. Yeah. I I I would like to see let me put it like this. You need one of those, I don't think they need to add more. I think you need one of those freshman guards to like be able to give you 20 minutes a game. And I don't know. Like we'll we'll probably find out more as the season goes well, along. Well, doesn't Ontario sure just
1: need to give you twenty? I mean, if, that's, if you have, they,
3: but that's just three guards. Like you're not gonna, are you gonna play Mbaco at the three?
1: Uh, he wants to, but he's not a three. Yeah, he's not a three. He, so he, he would like to, but again, yeah. you know, so you have I the pieces
3: just, there. You need one of those freshmen to step up and be ready to give you twenty minutes a game off the bench. I mean, they might get one more transfer too. Yeah, they, they could, could get one more. They could, There's pl- and, and here's the best part about it, Goodman, is right now what's left in the portal, we've talked about this a lot, right? What's left in the portal right now are going to be guys that are going to fill a role and do a job for you. You got yeah. your star, right? You got your stud point guard. You got your star. You got your wing scorer. You got your four-man. You got your shooter, right? Now you just need guys that can come in and do a job, and it's easy in the portal to go out and find a guy you can bring off the bench and average 15 minutes, right?
1: Yeah, I mean, listen, again, you build around him. And obviously the big question still becomes, in the NCAA tournament, do those bigs win, right? Can you win? You know Bill Self's going to win a million games in the regular season, and he's going to win the Big 12, probably regular season title next year. You know, uh, get back to that and win it again. Um, the, The question is, can he build a team around Hunter Dickinson that is capable of winning six straight? Now, David McCormick, he did it with McCormick two years ago. So it's not like it can't be done. It, it's just now you're building a team around a big who's mm-hmm. not a rim protector, who's not an athlete. Now what Hunter is is, again, an improved floor spacer. He can step out. It, it's more on the defensive end that I worry about Hunter. To be I, 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 think he's,
3: I think he's better than he gets credit for defensively because yeah. he's sure. – He's not going to be a guy that averages like nine blocks a game. He's not Walker Kessler. He's not Donovan Klingon, but he's gotten better when it comes to the playing drop coverage. He, he understands it. Like, I mean, look, he's seven, one and two hundred. like he's an a enormous human being yeah. and he's really good at being large and in the way. And that's kind of what you have to do as a five man. Now, um, is that going to, is that going to guarantee you a national title? Like, I I don't know. Probably not. But I think what we're seeing in college basketball right now is like a lot of these teams that are making deep runs have a five man that kind of play that role. David McCormick, Adama Sanogo, Donovan Klingon. Like there's there's big guys that are. Norchad Omir was a big yeah. guy, yeah. right? So I don't think that it, it excludes them. And I think in modern college, but everyone's got to you got to have a great five. Those are the best players in the sport right now.
1: Yeah, I mean, again, the the, the biggest thing for me is just do they have enough shooting around them? And, and right now, still, you've got Timberlake, and that's kind of it right now. that That's my one worry. My one worry mm-hmm. is you need one more dude, to me, in the portal, who's honestly a guy who can just stand there and drill threes. I don't need anything more than You get a guy from the SoCon, a high-level guy from like the SoCon, who can just stand there and make threes, because whoever he is, it's going to be hard to guard him. Uh, and if they press up on a guy like that, it's just going to give more space for. But, but like Dewan Harris is going to have a field day working with Hunter, a field mm-hmm. day. And, and Hunter, the, the, the under, I guess, underrated aspect of Hunter is how hard he fucking runs the court. Like that dude gets up and down the court. He plays hard as shit. That, you know, again, is he physically limited in some areas? Sure. But like that dude, and for, since I first saw him, he plays hard as shit. I mean, I remember seeing him, I think it was against Wiseman. Might have been the first time I ever saw him in AU ball. And uh, and he kicked his ass. I mean, he kicked his ass because he just, he plays with that. And you said it. I think you tweeted it. He enjoys being the villain. And Yeah, that's that's what I was going to say. Before,
3: yeah. before we, I want to get into that conversation. Before we do, I just want to say that there is no coach in college basketball that is better when they have a big man that knows how to seal, how to use his ass, how to get people out of position, how to duck in and how to basically just turn and score. Yeah. No one in be- no one's better in college basketball at, at at developing players like that than Bill Self. And there's no big man outside of probably Zach Eady in college basketball that is better than kind of getting position, turning, and scoring over his right shoulder than, than Hunter Dickinson is. Um, I think it's a match made in heaven. I said this on a, a stream earlier. I think he's going to average like 22 and 12 for Kansas this year. I think that they are... At this point, um, assuming they get Mbappé, right? I think that you have to put them in that same category as
1: Duke, Michigan. I got him number one. I, got, I moved. To, I just moved them to number one, Rob. Kansas I to number one. To, yeah, I, yeah. I just, you know what? Like Duke's really good, but but now you just look at Kansas and you're like, all right, they got the best big in the country. They have the best point guard that you trust in the country, as long as he's got enough around him. You have a shooter in timber like KJ Adams is really good as a piece, right? Like he, he doesn't need to score that much now and he can step out, you know, like he could pass and, and, and Arturio Morris, like El Marco. Yeah, I I just, I got him at one right now. and And the differentiator. I'm not, I'm not ready
3: to go that far. Well,
1: here's why. I, they're, they're here's why. All, it's right. close, Rob. And and no disrespect to John Shire, but he's not Bill Self. No, I, I agree. I agree. I
3: just think that there's more. I do. I don't think that there's you're wrong for having kids. Number one, I think that it, uh, it to me it's a coin flip. You can go either way. I probably right. would still have Duke, and but and that's a lot of that is because uh, I'm I kind of believe that Tyrese Proctor is going to end up being the best point guard in college basketball next he year. Might like be. I, yeah, he and might then be. Kyle Filipowski might yeah. end up being like, well, he's probably not preseason national player of the year if Hunter Dickinson is playing for Bill Self, right. but he's right there in that conversation. So, um, do who plays champions classic next year do we get Duke Kansas is that happening it is uh no I think it's Duke
1: Kentucky oh man I think it's Duke that? Kentucky
3: who do we have to petition do I have to call Charlie Baker do I have to get him on the phone Who do I have to call at ESPN to get that change we uh, need Duke Kansas
1: trust me Charlie we Baker ain't it. answering your phone call yeah yeah,
3: I don't think that. there's a lot of people that aren't answering my Charlie, calls right Charlie now. Baker who
1: who the f- <laughs> who
3: <laughs> all right um before we – we do want to talk about Jaden Bradley a little bit, and I do want to talk about Max Ace, Miss, and Ron Holland and some of the stuff happening at Texas because we haven't gotten to that on one of these shows yet. Uh Before we do, though, like, I think the biggest – now that he's committed, this is the, the talking point is Hunter at Kansas. But for the last two days, the talking point has been like, well, where is this commitment? Is this yeah. coming? Um, How much attention does Hunter really need? Does he enjoy playing the villain? Does he realize he's making all these different fan bases dislike him? This, that, and the third – uh i for one think that that he kind of thrives in that villain role i think he likes it i think he enjoys it i think he plays into it um i think he's one of those guys that when he goes into a road game and fans are kind of cussing him out and booing him but he he that that gets him going that helps him play a little bit better um i and i think we need a villain in college basketball and i think that hunter dickinson is perfectly okay being the villain in college basketball my question he, is he loves it yeah he does my question is at what point does it become too much and how much does bill self really want to deal with some of the, the stuff going on outside the basketball court with Hunter? Cause there, I mean, there's going to be stuff going on there.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I think as long as it doesn't affect the team and his performance and his relationship with his players, Bill won't give a shit, mm-hmm. you know, as long as Hunter's doing what he does on the court and, you know, listen um, a lot of the coaches he was looking at, if you, if you think about it, right. They're, they're kind of, Big kids in a lot of way, ways, right? Bill Self, Calipari, Cooley, uh, Willard. I, I don't know Kyle Neptune like that, but I assume he's got some shit to him here. Uh, so I think they all they all understand like what it was like to be a college kid, and obviously the world has changed here. The kid's doing a podcast, um, you know, in which he said some things that again I would have personally tried to protect him from. They didn't. He's okay with it. And and I think, again, as long as he's playing at the highest level, those coaches aren't going to give a shit. As long as he doesn't say something that is, you know, over the top, over the. But if he talks negatively about, you know, Baylor fans or, you know, Texas fans or whoever, like it is what it is. It is what it is. As long as he backs it up, which he generally does. Mm
3: hmm. Unless he's playing Arizona State in in the Barclays Center, that was a rough one. That (laughs) That, was a rough rough one. one. Yes, Um, yeah. There's 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 issues beyond just what Hunter says on that pod that you're referring to, but we don't need to uh, rehash all of that. Um, I do think the one thing I have found funny is how all of these fans are replying, like, "Oh, Kansas just dropped the biggest bag!" Like, like every one of the programs that was recruiting him could have dropped a massive bag. Right. Right. They're all about even, and probably had. Uh, approaching a crooked number in front of it right two commas well now when you get
1: beat i've said this rob now when you get beat it's well they offered more money they they offered more we couldn't compete with their nil in in the old (laughs) days it was you know they offered a bigger bag now it's just you know again it's some of it may be true here's the 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 thing that
3: drives me insane like let's just let's pretend that there's a fan that uh that that works for chase bank Right, and he's making two hundred thousand dollars a year working for Chase Bank, and then Citizens Bank comes in and says, "You know what? If you come here, we're going to pay you three hundred thousand dollars a year." Are you Are you taking that job? I am. I'm taking that job. I'm but, going to I can get the biggest paycheck. Like, this... I, I I get that it's different yeah. with college basketballs and allegiances and student athletes and this, and you're supposed to, like fans want them to play for you and they want you to reciprocate the appreciation you have for them. But at the end of the day, like. This is that this is Hunter Dickinson's job. This is how he gets his paycheck. If you're going to hate on him for going to a place where he makes the most money, then you're Well, I don't
1: think he did that. I, what I, well, that's is, I was
3: going to say, one, you're being hypocritical. And two, right. you have no idea how much one Hunter is making and two, how much he would have made at these other programs. There's just yeah, no I, way to know. Like just that, this idea that that you have any idea what is actually like the, the amount of money that's actually changing hands. is just come on. What are we doing here?
1: Just I'll not say this, this, talking to Hunter again, I think he understood, obviously NIL is important because you're talking about a lot of money here that he may never make again, right? He knows that. He may never make this much money again in his whole career. So it's important, but I think he also understood the value of, hey, listen, a 100 grand at the end of the day, the difference, or a couple hundred grand, when I'm talking about if I can play in the league, and he knows he's not going to be a starter or a maiden, but if he can just... Can he make a team and be a, a, a reserve on an NBA team for 10 years? If that's the case, I mean, you're talking about if that minimum, you know, second contract salary is at like four, four, five million a year. I mean, you're talking about he can make 30, 40, 50 million dollars if, if he can make the right decision. And again, I just think playing with Dewan Harris is the mm-hmm. right decision here. That that's what I would say is. What, what's going to help his stock more than anything, right? It's it's running the court. It's finishing. It's not playing in the Big Ten anymore. Getting the hell out of the Big Ten. We haven't talked about that. That's a good thing, too. And then it's winning. Winning, winning helps. Winning and if he games. goes to a Final Four and wins a, na- you know, a national title at Kansas and does what he's got to do and produces every single day, which he will for the most part, then who knows? And, and again – I would, my advice to him would be cut some of the nonsense you want. If if it motivates you to, to talk some shit before a game, whatever, I get it, but cut some of it out. And, and to me, I still think the NBA guys are looking at you and they don't want any reason not to take, like you're a fringe guy anyway, right now. So don't give them any more reasons not to take you instead, give them every reason to, to draft you, or to sign you to a two-way and give you an opportunity.
3: All right, listen, uh, we will talk more about Hunter Dickinson. We'll talk about Ron Holland. We'll talk about Max A. Smith. We'll talk about Jaden Bradley. We're going to talk about all of that and why it's so important coming up next. For today's episode is Athletic Greens. I started taking AG1 during the college basketball season, and I loved the impact that it had on my energy levels. I'm a big coffee-in-the-morning guy, but by the time that the afternoon would hit... I needed another boost. AG1 helped me tremendously, especially on those days when I didn't want to get up off the couch and go hit the gym. Their tagline is, AG1 is comprehensive health and the power of habit in one. And man, that could not be more
0: Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
3: Welcome back. Field of 68, Rob Doss, Jeff Godin. We have a very special guest with us right now who literally has, and I quote, three minutes, then I got to run. Robbie Hummel here. Robbie. Uh, floor is yours. Give us your takes. Hunter Dickinson going to Kansas.
4: I, I think it from a basketball standpoint, it's, it's the right decision for him. I think with with Bill Self's track record of throwing it in into the post from, I mean, honestly, since the time he got to Kansas on, you can look at so many guys that he's done that, whether it's the, the Morris Twins or Cole Aldrich or Jeff Withey or Thomas Robinson or... Big Doke or last year David McCormick, you know, he just, he throws the ball inside and I think you're going to play for a guy who's as good as anybody in the country at getting guys who he wants opportunities to score in great positions. So from a basketball standpoint, I think it's a really good decision by Hunter Dickinson to, to go to Kansas. I don't know about any of the NIL implications if this was more or less than what he had at other places, but um, you know, I, I think that, it's such a weird era where we're seeing guys like a Hunter Dickinson transfer, but I will commend Hunter on making what I think is probably the best basketball decision for him.
1: So do you think with him going to play at Kansas, does that give him a a shot of making the NBA? And I'm not saying he's going to be a player player in the NBA, but like, you know, like, like I mean, what you were. I like think, what you were in the NBA, where you stuck around, you made you made the league. Stick
4: around. Sticking around is more than just hanging out for two years. <laughs> Sticking around to <laughs> me is like hanging in there for five, six, seven, eight yeah. years. I mean, Hunter's got great size. The NBA has kind of gone away from that. He's developed a little bit of a jump shot, but production is undeniable. So if if he goes to Kansas and he has a phenomenal year. I think the biggest thing for me with Hunter, and this doesn't really have much to do with the NBA, because I think that his position has kind of, it's just changed, you know? And if you don't protect the rim or you don't shoot the three at a super high level, it's hard for those centers to get considered to play for a long time, I think, at that level. So with that being said, I have to imagine he was incredibly sick of being double teamed every time he touched the basketball. Because that's what it was. I mean, every time he got the ball at Michigan, he was just looking over his shoulder and flinging it across the floor. And I think at Kansas, with a point guard that can really get to the basketball with some guys that can shoot around him, he's not going to have to deal with that. So he's going to have the opportunity to play in more one-on-one settings and to have guys around him that can punish teams that do decide to Mm double-team.
3: I think you're right. Hummel, you got to get out of here?
1: I do. I have to go serve my country. He's uh, got to work. Know. I mean, imagine, <laughs> imagine hiring Robbie Hummel as a, as a coach to represent your country. Like, what are we doing? What are, I I mean, I'm it's a much better to representation of
5: you, Goodman.
1: I'm just trying to <laughs> mentor
4: our youth and oh, yeah, make it a better place to live every day. Yeah, but for the Rob, people that don't know. I, this is the first time I've gotten Doster on the phone. I've been calling him. He just doesn't answer. <laughs> um, you know, this is a big contract here for a lot of people, Trevor, <laughs> our producer included. <laughs> And this is the only way we can get this guy. So, uh, Doster contracts up, and if if we don't make some changes, it's going to be the Goodman and and question mark podcast pretty soon.
3: Well, all I got to say is Hummel, you're the only person that I know that can get Goodman to stop talking for extended periods of time. So, whatever you want, it's a blank check. There you go. You're good. Let's go. <laughs> all right. All look, right. Good thing coach this the coach of the Team USA Pickleball Team. Enjoy it, man. Good luck. <laughs> all right. Goodbye. See you, man. Hey. Cool. All right, Goodman. We uh, we got two other um, two other transfers that I think we really need to talk about. We got to get to Max A. Smith in Texas and Ron Holland and what's going on there. Uh, but before we do, I want to talk about Jaden Bradley, former McDonald's All American, uh, was a starter for a while at Alabama this past season. I thought he played really well in long stretches for the Tide, uh, and he has transferred to your alma mater, yeah, yeah. the Arizona Wildcats. Um, what do you make of this pickup? What do you make of the impact he's going to have next season? The idea of Jaden Bradley and um, Colin Boswell, Colin Boswell yeah. playing together in a backcourt for Tommy
1: Lloyd, yeah, me, eh,
3: It sounds pretty good to me.
1: No, I like it. I like it. I don't love it like I loved um, Nemhard and 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 Boswell, but I I think it's a pretty good consolation prize, right? Jaden Bradley came in with a huge rep. McDonald's all American in Alabama last year was up and down. it was a roller coaster ride for him last year. Uh, there were times when he looked like, you know, he was phenomenal and other times where he couldn't really get off the bench uh, for Nate Oates, but you know, they needed another guy and Arizona needed a dude who could put it on the deck and make some plays off the bounce. And that's what Jaden Bradley hopefully can, can provide for them. Um, you know, Tubelis is gone. Obviously we know Kirk Kreisa left. They've mm-hmm. still got Pella Larson. They've still got Umar ballo. Um, uh, Boswell had a hell of a year. And I think that was part of the reason why, uh, the, the mutual separation occurred with Kirk Carissa. Um, so listen, I'm not writing Tommy Lloyd off. Cause I, I've kind of done that each of the last two years and it hasn't exactly worked out well when I, I didn't have him ranked in the, in the top 25. So I've got them around, you know, they'll be in that 10 to 20 range, wherever you want to put them right now. And, um, you know the young kid, the, the freshman last year, Henry, um, the the international big, he's got to step up this year. Ballo's got to not wear down. That's the other big thing. Yes. He wore down last year because you know he he wasn't used to those minutes, and uh but they're gonna. You know, Tubelis was one of the best players in the country last year.
3: Mm-hmm. The so- the thing that's going to be interesting with Jaden Bradley is that he he didn't play a lot of minutes down the stretch of the season. And I think a lot of that had to do with the fact that he's not exactly known as a guy that's a jump shooter, right? Like he's not, he's not someone that's going to be spacing the floor. I don't know that um, Ryan Nemhard necessarily is either, but he's a little bit more of a shooter than, uh, than Jaden Bradley is. Whereas Kylan Boswell is a guy um, that shot 39%. So you have two guys that can kind of play, on or off the ball, right? Like I think Jaden Bradley is probably the guy you want on the ball a little bit more. Kylon Boswell, maybe more as the secondary playmaker, but um, that's, the, to me, that's the combination you want. And you have two guys that are high upside. Um, I just, I really like that combination. And I, you know, when you have a big guy like Balo playing in the system that, that Tommy Lloyd plays in uh, Tommy Lloyd runs, it's the same thing as Mark Fuse system. He's going to get up and down the floor. He's going to get post that. He's going to get seals. He's going to score around the basket. That's kind of what you want. It's to, to me, it's gonna be about um what do they get from those other two spots? Where are they gonna get shooting? Uh, and how different is it gonna look if you're playing a line that doesn't have the two bigs, right? I think because that's what we're probably gonna end up seeing uh more often than not. I still think you need more pieces. I still think um uh, Pelo Larson's back, right? He hasn't entered the transfer portal.
1: Yeah, yeah. Pello Larson's back. Yep.
3: Yeah. So um, yeah, I uh I, I like this Arizona team. They need to add a little bit more, but who doesn't need to add a little bit more right now in the portal? So, so to me, it's kind of the same thing as Kansas, right? Like you have you have your anchors, you have the guys that you that are going to kind of carry your team. Now you need to you need to fill it out with the pieces that um, can help you have a roster that works together. That's what I think you need to end up doing. So um, let's move to Texas. Rodney Terry picked up maybe the number two transfer in the portal, one of the biggest. He might've uh, been
1: one in terms of impact only because it's a guards game. So like, it's not going to be number one during the regular season. Okay. But in the NCAA tournament, who knows? Like right. Max Aismas could go off playing with, with Tyrese Hunter at Texas with, with Dylan D. and Caden Chedric. They're, they're a piece away. There's still a piece away at Texas, but I, I'll make the argument that again, Max Smith could be the most important portal addition come March could be could be we don't know um the dude can score he can shoot yeah he's taken i don't know if... A team the sweet 16 before he took oral roberts to sweet 16 run no no look i he's a stud dude i'm not i'm not arguing that at all
3: um i'm just kind of i i just i don't i don't see how anyone other than hunter like a two-year all-american that we've already seen carry his player like his, his team on tournament runs that they didn't probably shouldn't have gone on like i i'm it's Hunter Dickinson to me, but Max Aismith is a guy that I think I think you're exactly right. When you put him with Tyrese Hunter, my only concern is on the defensive end. And the other you know what the other part of it is? And I haven't seen people really talk about this. Like he's not the biggest dude. And he's going into the most physical and probably the best defensive league in college basketball. Yeah.
1: Are you worried about that? Well, only because I'm not as worried because he's playing next to Tyrese Hunter, who's who who can guard the tougher perimeter player, right? And, and you might get one more of those. You might get another bigger, you, you probably need another bigger, stronger wing. So mm-hmm. I think the jury's still out on what else they have. You know, it's going to be Ron Holland. Obviously he decommitted and uh, anybody and everybody I've talked to thinks he's going to end up at either Arkansas or the G league. Um, they need another dude. But again, I love that backcourt. I, I mean, how many backcourts are going to be better than, than Tyrese Hunter and, and Max Asmus in the country.
3: The, How, some. Like, I think that that's probably. Like it. I think it, I I would say that's probably like a top 10 to 15 backcourt. Ooh, I'll go I, higher than that. I'll not go, not go top, top five. Top of my head. I'll go top um,
1: five at the end of the
3: day. I just, I, I think I'm more.
1: You I think want Proctor? More, you you take Proctor and Roach over those two? Uh.
3: Ooh. Probably because I think I trust Tyrese Proctor a little bit more, having seen what he did down the stretch, than max ace miss going to the like i just i want to see what that adjustment is going to be like like i know the how good he was took in the tournament. To
1: sweet 16 like yeah, it's not know, like but, he hasn't played against good teams but that's and, that's, and that's very
3: that's very different than having to play night in night out he'll against the level of physicality me, he's gonna be gonna fine. get like just think about him going up against DeWan harris think about him like that's very different than what you see in the summer if league. he's so, got enough around him he'll be fine I'm not like I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm just saying you got to like there's 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 a reason why some of these up transfers aren't always home runs, and I just of course. I want to see it. You could be right, and I, if you if, if we look up because usually March,
1: you cut the numbers in half, right? Usually that's mm-hmm. my way of doing it from from the study I did a couple of years ago was cut the numbers in half when you go from a mid to a to a high major. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think we're gonna be talking about Max Aizmanis going from. 22 or 23, whatever he average to 11, 11 and a half. I think he's going to average 15, 17 points a
3: game. I, I think it's more going to be like in that 14 and 4 range, um, which is fine, which is good. I just don't know if that counteracts any issues you have. Like, I the I just want to see it. You could be right. If we look up in March and he's averaging 18 and 6, then, then yeah, I think that's certainly a possibility. Well, could we look up in March and – He's averaging 12 and three because he just can't quite handle the adjustment to playing that level of physicality. I think that that's something that's possible too. So we'll see. I think it's a really big pickup. Are you worried about the fact that they lost Ron Holland, that they no longer have the commitment? I believe he's the number two player
1: in the class. Yes. Um, yes, I'm worried. Of course, I'm worried. Um, they got to get somebody. They got to get somebody out of the portal. I would say this. Now, Ron Holland is a tough MFer. Like he is hard playing. Combo forward, but he's still a freshman. Can you fill that gap now? There's still a lot of guys left here that can help. Are they going to be stars? Well, Ron Holland wasn't going to be a star anyway. He mm-hmm. was going to have to be a star in his own role, which was defend,
3: rebound. He was to kind of have to be Dylan Mitchell, right?
1: Well, that's the key, too. Does Dylan Mitchell come back? Because if they lose Dylan Mitchell, too, and you know what I think of Dylan Mitchell. You know, mm-hmm. you know what I think of him as a, as a team guy. I, I just think they need Dylan Mitchell back. They need him back because of what he brings in the locker room, because of how he just kind of accepts his role, which honestly to a fault, because I, I wish he was more selfish. Um, so I think Dylan Mitchell coming back. you think back. he's coming
3: back? Do you, you want to put know. odds on that?
1: I, no, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I talked to him and I think he's just, you know, l- let me go through the process. And if somebody gives him, you know, a first roundish guarantee, like the end of the first, or saying you know, you're, you're, I would assume when he got everything back or gets everything back from the NBA, probably said twenty five to forty. That's what I would guess is his range is. So I think knowing that it's it's a roll the dice for Dylan Mitchell because you come back, you might not expand your role, you might be the same player. They might not be running anything for you. It might be the where you can get better than. In the G League, to be honest, all day just working on your shot and, and and you're not playing in front of anybody. It's not as good of an experience, but you can improve your, your, your development, your skill, which is what he needs to do.
3: I think it's a similar situation to Kyle Filipowski and to Andre Jackson. Really? Me, Filipowski? Why? Because both of them are in a position where they're not necessarily locked into getting a first-round guarantee. Like they're kind of, they I think
1: Philipowski was. I think he I think was he a was. first rounder.
3: I think he was. I don't, yes. I'm not 100% sold on that. I would say that yeah. he's probably the best, the most likely of those three to go first round. I wouldn't, I don't think that he was 100% locked into the first round, but um, I think it's a situation but where his
1: value was at its highest, Not maybe not highest, but pretty close. Like Filipowski? how much higher is Kyle Philipowski going to move on a draft board? Probably
3: not much. He kind of right. is what he is, but that's like, what I'm I, saying. He should yeah. go.
1: I felt like Philipowski should have went. I give him all the credit in the world for not. I'm so happy
3: he didn't. Well, the, the point that I was making is that for Dylan Mitchell to come back, it's going to have to be, okay, one, what? how much money am I going to make coming back? Because there there, there's he. there's going to be – he's sure. going to make guaranteed money, whether it's a four-year guarantee as a first-round pick or like a one-year with a partially guaranteed second year as the number 40 pick, right? So are you comfortable betting on yourself that you'll be able to end up getting a guaranteed deal, or can you get three, four, $500,000 out of Texas to come back to school, try to add a jump shot, try to expand your role a little bit, try to show off that you're more than just an athlete, be a three and D guy instead of just being a defensive guy, right? come back, show you could do that and then maybe lock yourself into like being the 28th pick in the 2024 draft yeah. where you have a 4-year guarantee that I think you end up making like 7 million guaranteed over- like that's what it is right there. And then maybe if you if it works out best you could end up being a lottery type pick. So yeah. um I think to me that's the question uh and how much like are you willing to go play in the G League? Think about the look you you make more money in the G League but think about how much better the life experience is being course. a player on, on Texas. We yeah. saw what that home court's like, playing in that environment, playing in those those uh, those gyms, flying charters, being a god on campus versus playing in the G League where you are a professional and people are coming for your job, right? I, I just, I think that there is a, if he can make enough and he's willing to bet on himself, I think that there's a very strong argument to make for guys like him to come back to school and try to get that guaranteed money. But, We'll see what ends up happening. I still think, if you kind of look at what this roster is right now—Max Acemis, Tyrese Hunter, Brock Cunningham slash Dylan Mitchell, Dylan D'Sou and Caden Shedrick—that's a that's a pretty damn good starting five.
1: Yeah, no doubt. Uh, that's that's I, all I'm I, saying is is mm-hmm. again. I... It's only a kick, <laughs> a jump,
3: a block. <laughs> it's only a serve. <laughs> It's only a tackle, a run. It's only for the fans.
2: After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas.
0: Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully. With expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com
1: I just think this team is one piece away, and it was Ron Holland, I guess, or Dylan Mitchell. Either or, and now you may have neither and if you have neither, you you got to fill it in the portal. Uh, there he is. What's up, Max? Can you hear me? Gotcha, gotcha. gotcha. You're live, you? man.
3: Good to meet you. Rob Dawson, you're on Field of 68 right now. You're live on the stream with us, Max. How you doing, man? Thanks for jumping on.
2: No, no problem. Appreciate you having me, man. Hey, congrats, first of all. Uh,
1: I know it was not an easy decision for you between Texas and Kansas State. Mm-hmm. Give me, because we haven't really heard from you. Why, what, what was the deciding factor between Texas and Kansas
2: state? Yeah. I mean, for me, um, you know, I enjoyed both of my visits, um, you know, getting close with the coaching staff, um, you know, in, at Kansas state, um, at Texas and, um, you know, just talking to my parents and um, kind of looking at the factors uh, like after basketball too, um, you know, that played a part um, in separating the two, um, you know, but I really enjoyed getting to know both coaching staffs and, um, you know, really appreciate them recruiting me as well as every other school that recruited me too.
3: Max, how do you think your game is going to adjust moving from um, a mid-major league to, frankly, the the toughest and most physical league in college basketball? The Big Twelve is a
1: beast. Hey, Doster is yeah. worried about you, Max. Doster is worried about you a little bit. I said I'm not worried at all whatsoever. You're going to average 17 a game next year in the Big Twelve.
2: Yes, sir. No, it'll it'll be different. Um, you know, than playing. You know, in like the Summit League for sure. Um, you know, it's a gauntlet night in, night out. Um, but you know, that's that's what I want. You know, and um, to challenge myself. You know, at the highest level, uh, understanding that that's that's what I have to play at in order to um, you know improve my draft stock, put myself in the best position to play at the next level. And so, um, you know, um, played against high major opponents. Um, you know, at ORU, just not at, um, on a night in, night out basis. So. Um, You know, I'm really looking forward to, you know, competing at that high level. So why now? Because the last couple of
1: years, high majors had obviously gone after you in in their own way, right? They're not reaching out. And and you can probably describe to people, fans out there, how it works. But they're not contacting you directly. They're contacting whether it's might be your parents, might be your AU coach, might be your high school coach and saying, hey, if Max wants to transfer out of RU, we'll take him in a heartbeat. Um, you kind of you, you said no for the last couple of years since taking the team to sweet 16 and this year you decided to make the move take me through that process and and, and why now
2: yeah i think the last couple of years um i was so locked in on a draft too was that i was staying in and you know i wouldn't i wasn't coming back to school and those decisions were kind of both made um at the deadline date and so um you know i think another thing for me is just the relationship i built with the coaching staff here um is just Is the second to none. Like, um, you know, they're they're one of the ones who believed in me when nobody else did. And, um, you know, just building that relationship over the years and um, believing that we can win here and get back to the tournament, uh, which we were able to do this year, um, was something that I had um, in mind too. And, um, you know, playing for Coach Mills, he just lets me be me. You know, i go out there and be me. And, you know, that's what every player wants. And and it's tough. It is tough to get, um, you know. And so just just working hard and – Um, understanding that and then being in a position where I can just go out there and be me was, was big too. When do you get to Austin?
3: Uh, I'm
2: not sure the exact
3: date yet. I know it's early June though. Early June. How do you envision yourself kind of fitting
2: with Tyrese Hunter in that backcourt? Yeah, I think, um, you know, we'll both be able to play on the ball and off the ball, Um, you know, um, playing at the next level, you're going to play with other good guards too, you know? And so, um, you know, I've, I've been in offense where I've played both on and off the ball. Uh, the last few years, I've been really ball dominant. I'm you know, always having the ball in my hand. But uh, to you know, be able to switch it up, play on and off the ball, will be uh, definitely big for my game.
3: Getting Dylan DeSue back and, and Caden Shedrick out of the portal, how much of it, does that have an impact on your decision as well? You know, you see them getting some of these guys that are going to, those are your bigs. That's your lob target. That's your pick and pop guy. Those You're going to get a lot of assists playing with those two.
2: Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, that's big, um, you know, just talking with um, Coach Terry through the whole process, um, just understanding that, um, you know, we'll, we'll be able to get guys to, to come in and help us win. And so, um, you know, just seeing them work and, um, you know, put together a team, um, you know, trying to compete for a national championship and then uh, me being able to come in and do what I'm able to do to, to help them get there um, was definitely something I like too.
1: What do, you, what do you think of the big news uh, that happened about an hour ago, Hunter Dickinson going to Kansas?
2: Hey, that's crazy, man. But hey, it's the it's the Big Twelve, man. You know, uh, Big Twelve gets a lot of players, a lot of good players. Um, and so, um, you know, we understand that it's going to be, you know, a dogfight. You know, every night. You know, you you got to bring your A game every night.
1: All right, listen, Max Haysmith joining us impromptu here. Uh, we appreciate it, my man. Congrats again, and I uh, can't wait to see you in Austin this year.
2: Definitely, man. Appreciate you guys having me. You got it. Thanks, right. Max. Take care.
3: All right, Max Aismas, there you go. I love when you drop the surprise people coming in. Like we'll just, I, I literally get a text three <laughs> yes. seconds before another person pops up being like, hey, guys, Max Aismas is here. What? Oh, okay. All right. It keeps you on Max your toes. On. Yeah, it does, man. You right? never know.
1: You I never actually know what's should gonna do gonna that. Happening. Every show we do now, that should be what I do. It's just come up with somebody and just surprise you <laughs> and not tell you until like 30 seconds before. I'll tell like Trevor or Day again. Who did you our, get our last
3: year? No, the first year we did this, the very first one we did, uh, the very first year we did Field of 68, I remember it was like before the second day of the NCAA tournament, like 9 a.m., I'm on like three and a half hours of sleep. I barely got my kid to make the bus, and I pop up on the Zoom, Um, and it's, uh, and you're like, I got a surprise for you today. And I'm like, oh God, I'm not ready for this. And it was Stanford, Steve. You remember that? You're you're going to love this one. It's like Stanford. Steve (laughs) all right, Steve, what's going on, man? I haven't had coffee yet. I could barely keep my eyes open. How you doing? (laughs) (laughs) Oh
1: man. All right. Well, Well, listen, this was fun.
3: Yeah. This has been fun. Hunter Dickinson finally committed. He's going to Kansas. We'll Uh, get him on. At some point we will get Hunter on here. Yeah. I, I just, to reiterate. Yeah. Perfect fit. The yes, absolutely yes. perfect fit. Kansas yeah. now, like, they're they're going to be in the mix for national title contention. Uh, they're going to be a preseason number, number one team, according to some publications. Goodman has them preseason number one now. I'm not quite there yet. I might get That's there fair. if they had another piece. But I will say this. I am going to continue to petition ESPN, uh, State Farm, um, John Shire, Bill Self, Coach Cal,
1: oh, you're gonna uh, Charlie Champions. Baker,
3: everybody. We got to get a Duke kansas matchup it's got to happen at some point i don't care where it is I don't all care i know it is, is I all four
1: should we
0: put it on the field
3: of 68
1: hey hey how about this right now you could be talking if oscar comes back for kentucky which i don't know if he's going to or not i mean i know he's leaning towards not coming back but who knows who knows at the 11th hour if he doesn't get anything draft wise and and kentucky gives him the bag again um we could have right now i have kansas one Duke two, Michigan State three. If Kentucky got Oscar back, I I don't think I'd put him at four, even with Oscar back. But I mean, you're talking three right there, one, two, three, right now. Uh, and, and let me ask you, three this, of them we, in the champions.
3: Let's say Tristan Newton comes back, Andre Jackson goes pro. Where do you have UConn?
1: I'm like eleven today. Eleven, I do. Well, listen, they lost a lot here. I mean, they lost a ton, and, and again. If, if, and I don't know why Newton would leave. Like, why would you leave if you're Tristan Newton right now? They love you at UConn. You want a national title. Walk around stores. Don't pay for a goddamn thing for the I whole year. I don't think
3: he's leaving. I think he's, he's testing the waters. He's finding out right. what he has to do to improve yeah. and he's going mean, to end up
1: coming back. I, I, I mean, that's... where are you going? Just yeah. like, fine, test the waters because everybody's doing it right now. It's the, 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 the thing to do, but you're going back. So, Newton back clinging clinging up front Andre Jackson is the key there if Andre Jackson comes back yes I think then you can make a case that you a top five preseason team if not I don't know how you can put him in the top 10 I don't know how you can I
3: think with if with Tristan Newton Stephen Castle Alex Carabin Come on. I think Come on. I think Alex Carabin is going to have a monster year I love him. Love I think definitely I think Castle will be their fourth best starter and When you you have a top ten recruit that's coming in as your fourth best starter, I think that's a good situation to be in. So we'll see. I don't I don't think that they're quite without Andre Jackson. I would not have them in the mix with with Duke and Kansas, but I think that they're somewhere in that five to ten range.
4: Which is you know not who's all that ahead of them. You. you know who's Who? ahead
1: of them for me right now. Who a healthy Alex Dukas in St. Mary's? <laughs> they're at nine. They're at nine right now because a healthy Alex Dukas right now they probably wouldn't have have a banner.
3: Going, hey, going up hey there, we buried band. the biggest news of the day
1: what are we- <laughs> brand new
3: to the merch store guys i love brand new to dickinson. the merch store yeah, I worked.
1: love dickinson that, that's actually one of the the um most creative things you've ever done <laughs>
3: <Right there. laughs> listen this this has been the field of 68 uh thank you for jumping on this live stream this instant reaction for jeff goodman for Robbie Hummel, who jumped on for about 35 seconds. Quick cameo. For Max Acemas and for our producer Trevor, who is going to go back to bed after the (laughs) stream is over. This has been The Field of 68.
5: Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality.